Unlocking Your World of Creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. Mark introduces you to some of the world's leading creative talent from publishing, film, music, restaurants, medical research, and more. You'll discover how to tap into your most original thinking, how to organize your ideas, and most of all, how to make the connections and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity. Welcome back, friends, to our podcast, Unlocking Your World of Creativity. And the world is full of creative ideas right now. And of course, it's not only about coming up with ideas, but it's also executing those ideas and finding the right people and consultants and collaborators to bring our ideas out into the world. And on that note, I'm so glad to have today as my guest, Steve Clear. Steve, welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Well, Steve's company is Next Level Marketing, and it's two X's. And I'm sure there's a great story behind the two X's, but Next Level Marketing. He's got a podcast of his own called Next Level Brands. And a lot of your focus, Steve, is in CPG, consumer packaged goods. So I can't wait to talk about some of the innovations and creativity that we're seeing in CPG categories these days. It's, uh, of course, an ever-changing, evolving industry like most of ours. But it's also one that's steeped in some amount of tradition because you're dealing in a lot of cases with food or supplements or cosmetics or something you drink, put into your body. And so you have to be a little careful running outside the lines creatively that you don't go too far. And so as people are following the trends and foods and healthy eating, but also diversity, inclusion, you know, get Get the brands back on track. I think of the Aunt Jemima rebrands. What are some of the other trends that you're seeing in CPGs right now? Basically, the trends of, if you go back a decade, the trend of the last decade has been globalization, as you were mentioning. It's basically taking a lot of far-flung tastes, the herbs or the spices that create them, the recipes, the more authentic recipes. So if you come to this intersection of globalization and authenticity... So it's like, I, I don't want the Americanized, right, version. I want to taste how they really make it in Indonesia, right? Mm -hmm. that, that's really on the food development side and the chef side. And you have a bunch of very creative men and women out there. They're adopting. They're not necessarily from the Congo doing mm -hmm. a Congolese dish. They are adapting that stuff, but only adapting it a little bit. It's the idea of keeping the authenticity and bringing that, that food to the fore. On the beverage scene, it's a little different in that it's much more, how do we put different ingredients into something that you drink to make it almost like a tool, almost mm. like a vehicle? So we're going we're gonna to put stuff in. We're going to put glucosamine in for your joints. We're going to put melatonin to put you to sleep. For a mm. while, it was stuff to keep you awake, but that's kind of now passed. Now it's stuff to keep you asleep or to help you sleep or to you know, relax you. And in supplements, of course, it's going back to homeopathic medicine and simply making that more mainstream is, you know, there are plants and, and herbs and stuff out there that there is efficacy to the plants, maybe not FDA regulated yet, but many of your old fashioned drugs are made from plants as well. So that's kind of the trend. And, and, and the drink, the liquid is simply a delivery system for the delivery it's system, not, not a beverage per yep. se. Yeah. 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 Well, it's so interesting, Steve, and I'm sure you see this on a daily basis, but there's this real tug conflict between 
creativity and innovation and how difficult it is to launch new products. And so line extensions become the, the new product default. Unfortunately, yeah. Yes. I mean, to, to a certain extent, it's again, the, the failure rate of most new products is probably about 90%. That's terrible. That's just terrible. And, and by the way, that includes people like Nabisco and ConAgra. Mm-hmm. They, they, their stuff doesn't always work either. Just because you think they're so big and have the advantage. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you're in corporate CPG, which is the world I worked in for years, you know, basically the line extension is what we call a career saving choice. So if we have mango and blueberry and I introduce strawberry, I'm not going to get fired for introducing strawberry. Mm-hmm. Right. If I come in and I say, Hey, what we need is, you know, a goji berry with hibiscus. My boss is going to look at me and go, maybe you need to think about working someplace else. So it's very important that, you know, you see the, the innovation coming from the outside mainly. And that's why is because if you're independent entrepreneur and a lot of the folks that I work with now are, you know, they were startups a couple of years ago, they're now growing, they're emerging, um, they're pushing the boundaries because they can, they don't have any constrictor to start with. Meanwhile, a larger company still with line extensions and different forms, different formats by trying to make the brand name work as hard as it can, they basically are dividing up a pie that isn't getting any bigger. It's actually getting smaller. So my agency, we did some work in data analysis, which you may not think is creative, but actually can come up with some great creative stuff mm-hmm. out of data. And one of the things the data we used to analyze for we were paid by companies to do was to analyze cannibalism, which is when I have the, you know, when I have the mango and the blueberry and I introduce the strawberry, how many of my mango and blueberry people are going to move over and buy the strawberry instead? And, and it's amazing that it actually is fairly good sized numbers. So you, in fact, can line extend yourself out of existence in CPG, which is an unusual thing. Because the consumers are just moving around. Yeah. From, and then from everybody has, and, and then you have a smaller footprint in the store, you less velocity on them. That's the movement of the product over time. And pretty soon they're telling you to, hey, can you take out some of these ones that aren't moving so well? And you're going, oh, I can't do that. I'm going to lose all these sales. Yeah. So interesting. Well, Steve, based on your experience with these larger companies, and of course, now with the entrepreneurs, what sort of things do you advise people to do to increase those odds of success? Because they are quite daunting. That's what we work with on a daily basis now is exactly that, increasing your chances of success. And a couple of things that people can do to start with is I find amongst broad group of people that I work with, or I'm in contact with, or I have on the show is they start out with a lack of knowledge about the industry, which is really unfortunate because you can start your journey, if you will, at your local grocery store or the co-op or the farmer's market. You can go see kind of how things are done. And I will, I will talk with people in workshops about, okay, if you're doing a pasta sauce, go to the pasta sauce section and you will see that pasta sauce is in round jars of about 12 and a half ounces a piece. So don't make an octagonal 24 ounce jar and expect that Albertsons or Kroger is going to buy it because mm-hmm. it's not. You can right. do that on your innovation, so to speak, is taking you out of <laughs> right. the mainstream. Yeah. You can, right, you can, you can innovate, innovate too far. So learn about the industry. Um, the second thing is, but on the other hand, you have to have something that's a unique sales proposition. So you have to have something that stands out. If you're just going to do a hickory barbecue sauce, I don't care how good it is, it's probably not going to make it. Maybe not because the public doesn't like it, but because the buyers and the people who are in the industry go, yeah, we already got four of those. 
Mm-hmm. So let's, you know, so come up with some unique aspect. Now, unique aspect, by the way, can be form. So if you came up with a energy bar that was hickory smoked barbecue flavor, that might be a winner. Don't know. But it, you know, it's that kind of thing. So you look at form, function, and, and taste basically anywhere in CPG. And then if you move to health and wellness, it has to be some new application, some new benefit. Um, you know, something that works with some research behind it, but that's really what you have to do to, you know, uh, get off the ground. And, and then last but not least is access to capital. This is an expensive business and you increase your chances of success with increasing your runway, which means you need to have access to capital. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have seen the uh, shark tank type pitches. There's a pitch fest on every corner these days to uh, yep. try to raise that capital. What are some of the, the strings attached to the capital? Here's, here's some entrepreneurs, they want to do their own thing. And now all of a sudden, the money, the data, the control. There's various levels. I and mean, people have heard of it, maybe, you know, A level, B level, B series, A series. There's different types of funding. And the initial funding that almost everybody starts out with is bootstrapping. So mm-hmm. it's you, it's, you know, and that may move to what we call friends, family, and fools. Which is right, which and Uncle, is, Uncle Bob could be all of them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, hey, I really like this stuff. Great, can you loan me, you know, a couple of grand? Um, and, and and moving into that, when you move out of that, um, there are and and thankfully, right now, food, beverage, health, and wellness is very sexy. For a number of years, it was not sexy as far as investors went at all. That everybody wanted tech, everybody wanted to be in and out in you know two years. Um, but that's, but food now is sexy and beverage is sexy and, and health and wellness has kind of always been sexy. So that really works. But the level of funding next is you find angels and those are people who, you know, find your product somehow and they really, really like it. And then maybe they become an ambassador and they happen to have some deep pockets. And so they go into that, you know, in, into that round. And then, you know, beyond that, you start getting into, you know, venture capital or series A rounds or whatever, where, it's more qualified investors who may not care a load about your product, but they care about the fact that your return mm-hmm. on their investment may be significant. And so then you get you sort of in a, in a game of a game of numbers rather than, you know, how creative or whatever your product development is. Well, let's shift a little bit to your own personal creativity and approach to uh, innovation. I love your title, first of all, Chief Pot stir that that has a ring of again creativity and hey i want to stir the pot but maybe a little bit of the antagonist uh, in there as well <laughs> so when so when i launched i sold my agency in san francisco and i launched my consultancy and went independent my title was chief brand developer and boy that just was full of pretension <laughs> um, and so eventually I, I sort of advocated and, and what, what happened was a kind of an evolving of the, of the consultancy, but then also I started another consultancy called kitchen to shelf with my wife, Deborah, and, and I had to come up with a title at kitchen to shelf. And so I chose chief potster. Then I, when we combined those two to become next level brands, I adopted the chief potster because it's kind of, it's kind of what I do in, in essence, um, so with several of my, my clients, I also operate as their fractional VP of marketing, but I'm really, when somebody brings me in to work, I'm an agent of change. 
So if everything's rolling along smoothly and you're growing at a good clip and you're, I'm, I'm not your guy. I'm not there to count numbers. I'm not there to learn. I'm there to change direction or to, you know, heighten the good things about what you're doing. And so there is a little bit of a protagonist in there. And, and I think that's, um, that's just due to my, due to my background. So. Mm -hmm. and, and are you there to, I mean, when you think of stirring the pot, certainly there's a, Hey, we're cooking things up. We're adding some new ingredients, all the kind of connotations that go along with that. But there also is this bit of, Hey, I'm going to be a, a bit of a provocateur. I'm going to bring up some ideas that might be uncomfortable in a meeting or that you haven't thought of, or you might want, not want to hear. Absolutely. Uh, because the fact is, is that you get into a lot of what happens within food and beverages, you get into process and process is sometimes the enemy of creativity and the enemy of success. Um, yes, you have to have process, but you also need to think, you know, outside the package, outside the box. I mean, you need, really need to do that. And particularly if you are an emerging brand where that kind of thinking is the only thing that's going to get you to, you know, become a real player because you have to be that, that outside kind of force. And a lot of times when you're dealing with um, smaller companies where the founder is the entrepreneur is in charge, their background, their view of the world is there and they forged that and it's their company and they hired that team and, you know, whatever. Well, okay. The problem is, is they hired their cousin who does websites to do the website and brother Pete, you know, does, you know, uh, fulfillment on the back end. He's got a warehouse, you know, that kind of thing. And that very seldom leads to success. You really need to bring in outside people and you need to mix it up a little bit and, um, you know, stir those things together to, uh, to make the brew work. Mm -hmm. It must be a difficult balance because on the one hand, especially companies who are at that friends and family stage, it's like, well, co cousin may not have a lot of money to give me, but they have a warehouse and a yeah. fulfillment company. I mean, how, how do you balance so, those? So, so you, have to, you have to do what you have to do to, yeah. to yeah. begin with. But as you begin to evolve, right, you, um, you need to look at adding to your team and looking at outside resources and extending, you know, extending basically the reach so that you get other, you know, other views of, of what's, you know, what's going on. It's important, I think, that there's an understanding from the entrepreneur's point of view that entrepreneurship, while it is in many cases a single person coming up with the idea or whatever, it is very rarely a single person takes that to the finish line. It really requires a team. You need to bring people in who believe. Then you need to go to professionals who can do the job, whether they're believers or not. It doesn't matter. I mean, your, your accountant doesn't need to think that that's the greatest fruit juice he or she has ever had. It's important that they know their they know the numbers and are keeping track of them. So it's a, it's a delicate balance. It's it's a mix. Luckily, in food, beverage, and health and wellness, most of the entrepreneurs are creative a little bit by nature because that's how they started with it, right? Um, and, and so there was a spark. There was with some people, it's a, it's a medical or dietary challenge that led them to create something, and they wow, and they did it. So they have an understanding of that maybe better than people who are working in a service industry or starting a franchise. And Steve, you've had a chance now that you have your own podcast, a hundred some odd episodes later. Oh yeah. You, you've talked to a wide range 
of some of these entrepreneurs and some of the people who have been successful and some who I guess I would say have lessons learned, uh, not meaning they're not successful, but they're still uh, in the journey. Right, what, right. What, how has that contributed to your stirring of the pot, so to speak? It, it, immensely. I mean, it, it, if, if you're trying to help people out in, um, in an entrepreneurial situation, listening to the stories of other people's journeys is just a tremendous education and, and, and not, you know, and not to plug the show, but if you are, if you are a food beverage or health and wellness entrepreneur, the next level brands podcast, you hear the actual stories of people whose products, you know, now, or, you know, who have done the journey, whether, and, 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 and people who are actually starting because I also try to represent them too a little bit. I like to talk to people who have been in business who started the business in the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what, please tell me what compelled you to do that. And in some cases it's inspiration and in other cases, well, I got fired. So, okay, good. Let's roll with it. So between those two, there's a lot of stories, a lot of good advice, a lot of counsel. And what you find is there's threads. Um, you know, that, that appear again and again across that, you know, group. So of the, you know, over 200, you know, founders and industry experts I've had on, there are certain things you can pick out that, that, you know, resonate all the time. And what actually, in order to, to organize the show a little bit, I normally will, with a guest at the end of the show, I, I ask them for a word of advice or a phrase or a quote they want to leave with fellow entrepreneurs. We call it words to grow by. Well, this last year, Words to Grow By spun off into its own blog because there were so many good ones and so many piece of, piece of advice, small piece of advice. You literally could put it on your desk every morning and come in and look and go, oh, yeah, yeah, right. Patience. I got to have patience or, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So sounds like the makings of a good uh, word of the day calendar. Yeah, exactly. Right. And a, mind, and a mind map. We did the mind map last year, but yes, we need a word of the day calendar, right? Uh, Digitally. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Beautiful. Well, Steve, before we uh, get too far along, I want to make sure people know how to connect with you and follow you and of course, find the podcast. Sure. So it's it's pretty easy. The, the podcast, Next Level Brands podcast uh, is available on Apple, Spotify, Google Play. It's also available at the Next Level Brands website, which as you mentioned at the top, it's next level, one word, capital L in the middle with two X's. We give you twice the X of mm-hmm. any other, other company. And the reason that that came about creatively was actually because there wasn't any next level with, with available for the company filing when I filed it. So I had to come up with something. So I did the X's and then I did the X's as like an escalator mm-hmm. because it was going to the next level. So everybody told, oh, we're going to take this brand to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right here. Right, you can figure it out. And then I'm available, of course, at Steve at nextlevelbrands.com anytime. Beautiful. Well, perhaps I could take a page from your playbook and your word of the day calendar and ask as we close, what would be a word that you would offer for us to grow by creatively? So my word is really passion. I think that having passion for what you do, you have to have passion for what you do to get through. Um, if, if you're working in, in, in corporate CPG or probably corporate anything, you can get along without the passion. You can, you can do process and, and get through it. But as an entrepreneur and as uh, you know, a person who you know, thinks about creativity a lot and having to be creative in different situations, you have to love it. You know, I, I love writing. It's one of those things. I just, I love words 
And so it's the passion for that craft that I think is going to get you through the, uh, the highs and the lows. A great word to grow by indeed. Well, Steve, thanks so much for being on the program. We really appreciate it. Hey, enjoy talking to you this morning and hopefully we'll chat again. That sounds great. Well, listeners, my guest has been Steve Clear. His consultancy is called Next Level Marketing and host of a great podcast called Next Level Brands, two X's, Next Level Brands. And come back again for our next episode. We're going to continue our around the world journeys, virtually, of course, right now, to talk to creative practitioners about how they get inspired, how they organize their ideas, and most of all, how they gain the confidence and make the connections to launch their work out into the world. And that's what it's really all about. So until then, I'm Mark Stenson, and we've been unlocking your world of creativity. Take care. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator, Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of IntelliKey Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and thepeaceroom.love. We've created a special offer just for listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of $5.98 for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer. Our podcast is supported by Adobe and the Adobe Creative Cloud, the world's best creative app and services, so you can make almost anything you can imagine wherever you're inspired. We use Adobe to help make this podcast, using Audition, Premiere Rush, InDesign, and more. So join the creative community with the Adobe Creative Cloud, and let's make something better unlocking your world of creativity.